You're listening to The Courage to Change, a recovery podcast. We are a community of recovering people who have overcome the odds and found the courage to change. Each week, we share stories of recovery from substance abuse, eating disorders, grief and loss, childhood trauma, and other life-changing experiences. Come join us no matter where you are on your recovery journey. Hello, beautiful people. Welcome to the Courage to Change Recovery Podcast. My name is Ashley Lowe Blassingame, and I am your host. And today I am here with producer extraordinaire Scott Drockelman. Hello, everyone. Hello. I hope your day is going okay. We've we've kind of had a rough week this week. Um, so we're going to try something a little bit different for this Q&A episode. We're just going to call this a mental health check. I guess to start, like... Ash, can you just kind of catch us up a little bit? What's what's going on with you this week? Yeah, uh, had a tough week. So Sunday, my maternal grandfather passed away. He was 89 and he was in a memory care home and he died in his sleep. You know, we should all be so lucky. And I felt a lot of sadness about that and mostly for my mom because I just, I can't, like, I, I literally won't, I refuse to imagine losing a parent. I just can't do it. And so that was Sunday. And then my husband went out of town on Sunday and Tuesday while he was still out of town, my 10 and a half year old Mastiff Kingsley started showing signs of kidney failure and he had a whole other host of problems and I had to put him down. You know, that has been so intense just not having him and having to do that uh, without my husband, having to make that call, having to try to explain that to my kids who then asked me about death, you know, sleeping without him in the house, just really, really difficult. And, and he, you know, Kingsley was 160 pounds. He was a very, very large dog. And there was something just like super gnarly about, about putting him to, you know, the, like an animal that size dying in front of you. It was just, it's just rough, man. Just really like a lot of feelings and, um, have come up for me that I, you know, I think are really normal. And this is life on life's terms. Like my life is really great. These are normal things that happen in people's lives. You know, when you love someone, losing them is is the other end of that. And I have been checking in with people. I've done some writing. I've tried to go really easy on myself, gone to an extra meeting and just been really honest with everyone. Like, hey, I'm really struggling. This is where I'm at. This is what I'm thinking about in order to just process it because I don't want to stuff the emotions either. Yeah. What are sort of some of the complicated things that feel like they're coming up for you? So I grew up with a cat and I am a just crazy animal lover. When I got sober, I got a dog. I got a Rottweiler. And I previously had been terrified of dogs. So my whole life growing up, I would literally, if there's a chihuahua, I would jump up on a table. And um, I went to the lockdown program that I've talked about in Utah. And there was a therapy dog there. Her name was Anna and she was a Rottweiler. She was like 
just like a, an emotional comfort blanket for me, just the sweetest dog. And, you know, that was where I learned to love dogs. So I get out of treatment and I get a Rottweiler. My Rottweiler, his name is Tattoo, is truly one of the most beloved dogs. Anybody who ever met him is like, that dog was incredible. He And he was, I mean, he was incredible. And I had him until he was almost 11. And I think we got Kingsley, the Mastiff, when Tattoo was five. My entire adult life, I have had a large, really large guard dog in my house with me. I traveled with Tattoo a lot. We always traveled with Tattoo and Kingsley. We would drive, you know, places and bring them with us. You know, I've always had them in the house and I've dealt with some stalkers over the years and, you know, some other stuff. And I guess I just, I did not know that I was afraid of being alone in the house or afraid of burglaries, crime, any of that until my dogs were gone and I was alone in the house with the twins. I just didn't know I was so scared. And the feelings of being afraid, you know, that's a really powerless, yucky feeling that I I do not like, like physically afraid, physic in physical fear. I didn't realize that part of the reason I had these dogs was I needed something to feel safe at night, that I didn't feel safe. And now I don't feel safe suddenly. And that that's not something I'm used to. And it was just, yeah, it's just, I didn't see that coming. Yeah. Is there a part of it that feels like, you know, there's the physical safety thing, but if you're kind of talking about your introduction to dogs specifically being in that time where you kind of needed that, you know, extra support in that way, like, does that, does that feel like a part of the equation as well? Like, yeah, I think, um, sorry, this is hard. Um, yeah, I, I think absolutely. I think that, you know, the emotional support that I have received from my dogs is, you know, it's different than the emotional support I receive from other people and just the calm energy. You know, there's studies that, sh- that show that like animals reduce anxiety. And yeah, I mean, I think there's, there's, I think there's feelings about experiencing what it felt like before I got sober, before I had dogs. So like a vulnerability that I haven't had and just using them like the calm comfort in the house and last night I got some food and my brain was waiting for Kingsley to come up and like ask for food. And, you know, he's not there. And just it's those little moments. Like, honestly, even as I'm saying it, I'm like judging it, right? I'm like, that sounds so silly, like compared to all the other issues people have and all the things like, cool, you don't have an animal in your house. But I guess that is something that's part of been part of how I've regulated my nervous system. And I didn't know that. I don't think it sounds silly. I imagine that part of the deal is while in your addiction, there was probably lots of times where you didn't feel very uh, lovable. And I think, you know, the animals, it's kind of why so many people have that connection is because no matter who we are at the moment, like they seem to give that to us, you know? So I think that that adds up. I don't think that that's a unusual thing that that would be. Yeah. Yeah. And, and also it's interesting because we're talking about, 
so like my Kingsley, my dog, he's a Mastiff. Um, they're called Borbles. I do not suggest this breed for most people. Like this is <laughs> like, I love this dog with all my heart. But this is not a first time dog owner breed. You know, they are intense. They are guard dogs. They are big. And if you don't know them, they are mean, which was great, except for it was a complete pain in the ass because, you know, he got himself thrown out of doggy daycare. And, <laughs> you know, he scared the shit out of some other dog. And like, you know, as I'm thinking, it's been interesting because I was talking to my husband about, you know, getting another dog at some point. And, you know, I'm like, I want like a lab. Like, I just want easy peasy, you know, that dog gets out, goes and licks everybody, you know, that like they come to the door, whatever, like really easy. And the question that keeps going through my head is like, will I feel safe enough? enough. You know, there's something there that's really intense. And I don't think that that came up as much with tattoo. And I'm exploring that and experiencing that for the first time in my adult life. There's an added layer too, whenever you have kids, right? Where it's like just feeling that acute responsibility for their safety. And that's the most basic thing, right? Is that safety piece, right? We need that above everything. Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 I mean, my husband has guns and which is great and is definitely more comforting than not having any of that. But I just, I don't know. I felt you know, just like much more like it, there's like a protection aspect. And especially with the dog that I, <laughs> the dog that I had. Have you guys considered a Bengal tiger? Maybe train one up and it would be pretty, you know, oh, they're, be- they're beautiful creatures. They're beautiful. You know? I, Kingsley was a Bengal tiger. <laughs> and um, enough about my, oh, and what were you going to ask? Well, I was just going to say any other like mental health fun going on in there. It seems that it always kind of compounds, doesn't it? Right. Anything else rattling around? Kind of stuff that you were experiencing too. Like I've been feeling um, lonely and like kind of on the outside lately with my sober community. And I have been making real efforts to, you know, say like, I want to be included. I'd like to come to that. What are you doing? Can I participate? Very, very uncomfortable to like ask those questions. And I'm used to making friends really easily. And I I know this will segue into like what you're experiencing. I'm used to making friends really easily. And I've known these people. So it's not like they're strangers, but all their things are already involved and they're already doing things. And so I'm not being left. They're not leaving me out on purpose, but they already have all the plans and all the things going on. And so... I'm trying to like, hey, can you call me? Can you this? Can you that? And they've been amazing since King died and like reaching out. But it's uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable. Like, hey, can you include me? And and to feel like if they don't like feel rejected or like, do they like me or blah, blah, blah. Like just it feels like little kid stuff. And but having that community, as I always say, it's not an option. So it's really important. And so I am relentless. You have to be. And when I put my ego and uh, aside, I'm, you know, it's okay, but man, it's hard. And I know you're experiencing some of that too. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, I, I love doing this show. It's an amazing show. I think it's so important. The stories that we get to tell are, they're just stories that I just feel like are so important and need to get out and, and they mean a lot to people. And so, I'm willing to sacrifice that. But you know, it is just a reality where it's like, I am often, you know, with headphones on for 40 hours a week, kind of in the zone, mm-hmm. trying to pull things together and shape things yep. and, and all that kind of stuff. And I love it. But I'm also an extrovert. It's just the battle of going, I man, I get to tell amazing stories. And this is so important. And I need to talk to people. And you know, like, I'm really tired by the time the kids <laughs> oh, go back yeah. to sleep. Like... <laughs> 
Like I gotta like I gotta like leave yes. the house again know, after they're I in bed. It. Like I'm I'm tired. I want to like but like 100%. if I want to get my needs met, I gotta like go out and be with people and yeah, you know, which means all... you need to go to bed early the night before, which means you can't watch the show with your spouse after the kids go to bed. So you're sacrificing time with them so that you can go to bed early so that you can have enough sleep so that you can do the thing tomorrow. You know, it's like a whole fucking everything. There's a, a price to pay. <laughs> there always is. There always is. And then there's also you just... I live in a place that I didn't always live and I, I haven't lived for a super long period of time. And it is just the thing where it's like, you can't make old friends. You have to start over, right? When you go somewhere else. And as an adult, I mean, you can't make old friends. It's just you're never going to have as much time as you did with those people that you could just spend hours and hours doing nothing, trying to go on like dude dates now. You're like... <laughs> <laughs> so I think you're pretty cool. Um I don't know if it's been enough days since I texted you or whatever. Or like, oh I gotta like play hard to get kind of, or like, I can't be like too eager, but you like seem pretty cool and we both like jujitsu. And so, like, I don't know, maybe we should like grab a bite at some point, you and I. And it's just so weird, man. Oh, God. Be, like you said, to like orchestrate it, to just like yeah. totally yeah. put it down and just say, all right, well, I need a few more on the roster and there's only one. One way, there's only one way to get this done, but oof, it's it is know. no, and I admire you're you know, you're an extreme extrovert, and you know, I admire the work you put into it because you know, you really do put work into like, hey, I need this need met. And I know people who are extreme extroverts who don't do that and they cope with other really unhealthy things, and it shows AA, you know, for me, 12 step is a lifeline for that because it's super easy to be connected. And I always, I mean, I was telling you earlier, like you need to develop an alcohol problem or something, <laughs> you know, like just start drinking, bro. Because that, and especially for men, that is one of the ways that a lot of the alcoholic men create those, you know, it's like an easy in. The magic is in the group, is in the people, is in that. And, you know, that's why we talk so much about like, it's not optional. You have to have community. And if you don't have it built in, you got to work harder for it. What are some of the things that you are doing? Tell me some of your coping mechanisms that, you know, people can listen to and think about for their life. There are a few things that I'm doing currently that I think help a lot. So the first one is to punch things, (laughs) right? So (laughs) did not see that coming. No. So I have like a punching bag in my basement because there's there's okay, a like, well, there's like there's like a particular um mm-hmm. there's like a particular level of stress plus lifestyle I plus hate <laughs> <laughs> So it's sort of like we talked about it in like somatics episodes uh-huh. right where it's like okay. you know you have the you have the you want to close the cycle in some way and like sometimes that works great for running right like you you feel this like thing that's welling up inside you and if you run yeah. you can feel like you're running away from it almost in a, in a good way i have adopted that sometimes i gotta fight the thing that is messing okay, so with, my, with my mental health which is again a punching bag it's not a you know let whatever. me reframe let me help you out okay <laughs> here's how you say it i use boxing as my way to, <laughs> as my way to handle sure, my emotions that's, there you go I'm i you know hit, i just didn't i, I didn't things, uh, <laughs> You think that I happen to have a bag down in the basement and I just like have to hit shit? Like, no, bro. Just tell them you box, okay? It sounds way better. 
<laughs> you know, I just didn't want to discriminate. Maybe people don't have a punching bag so they could find like an, an old tree, you know, uh, you know, a brick wall. Uh, <laughs> you really made it sound way car. worse. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, so the answer to I your like question to is boxing. There I like you go. to box. There, there Ashley, you go. I there find go. I like to box. <laughs> <laughs> I write on the bag all of the yeah. stressors that I have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then yeah, I yeah. punch the stressors. Bang, 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 bang. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Oh, it's so that's, okay. that's psycho. That's okay. a weird one, but you know, All right. great, great. You box. just don't knock it till you try it. It's only weird in your description. It's not weird with boxing. <laughs> <laughs> You'll get there. You'll get there. (laughs) Got to cover that shit up. Not a good mental health week. I can't formulate sentences either. (laughs) The whole mental system is down. All right, (laughs) it is. It is. It's in free fall. (laughs) Also, also, you have been. You've been looking at at all the clubs. Being a joiner is a really great thing for when you're looking for community, trying all sorts of different things. You know, at the university, are there any classes? pickup games, whatever, like you have been looking a great place to I'm actually going to do I used meetup.com and I'm going to do a woodworking beginners class to learn how to use all the dangerous weaponry so that I don't lose all my fingers Mm because I'm certainly going to lose one. But, you know, I think maybe they'll show me which one I could avoid using. That's right. No, that's really good. Just show up to a thing where there's other people and you'll probably find somebody that you hit it off with at least enough. There's church, community college, regular college. There's meetup.com. Art classes, acting classes, dance classes. Team in training that they do, they put together groups of people in different areas to do uh, triathlons or different types of, of uh, races that raise money for lymphoma and leukemia society. So you could, I'm sure there are other organizations that do that in your area. So you can do that, which I did, which really I met a lot of cool people doing that. Meetings, um, 12-step meetings, Al-Anon, all of these places are really good places to create community and really important to put the effort in there and uh, share that you have heartburn because now you're an adult. Well, uh, this may have been self-indulgent. I hope not. I, you know, uh, we were both just having a week and we were like, you know what? I think, I think we're not the only ones that are going through something at the moment. So maybe this is helpful. So hopefully it was. If not, then um, let me know about it. I'm fine with that. You can shoot me a message. It says, uh, we don't want to hear about your weird stuff you do in your basement, Scott. And that's fine. I but understand. I <laughs> but Ashley does. I do. Ashley, well, anything, any, anything you want to leave the people with? Uh, hope this was helpful. Hope some of the coping skills or some of it was relatable. If not, I apologize. Um, if you have a moment, please send us an email, uh, podcast at lionrock.life. I've been getting some emails from parents who have kids in treatment or are struggling, and I've been able to get on the phone with them and talk to them, which they were not expecting. I do answer emails and I do respond to people personally. So feel free to reach out podcast at lionrock.life. Also, if you have a chance, please, please, please leave us a rate and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. It takes about four minutes and really makes a difference, especially if you are able to write a review. Thank you so much. We really appreciate your listenership. We know there are a gazillion podcasts out there to choose from, and we're grateful that this is the one that you chose to listen to today. All right, friends, I'll see you next time. 
This podcast is sponsored by lionrock.life. Lionrock.life is a diverse and supportive recovery community offering weekly over 70 online peer support meetings, useful recovery information, and entertaining content. Whether you're newly sober, have many years in recovery, or you're recovering from something other than drugs and alcohol, we have space for you. Visit www.lionrock.life today and enter promo code COURAGE for one month of unlimited peer support meetings free. Find the joy in recovery at lionrock.life.